Attention, all troops. She's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Reckless. As we go digital, people don't have to make a lot of choices, maybe what kind of phone they use, what kind of computer they might decide to buy. But with few exceptions, these items aren't going to become obsolete in the same way that things used to become obsolete. So what happens when you are one of those people who bought into the wrong technology? There are many examples of this over the years. In the 80s, famously, Betamax as a alternative to VHS for recording on tape, but there have been lots of other technological dead ends. One such one was the Capacitance Electronic Disc, or CED. The CED was released in the early 80s, and if you lived through that time, you might have seen commercials for them, you would have seen them in stores, and in some cases, even stores that rented them. The problem was they weren't as popular as the company that made them thought they would be, but that didn't mean that some people didn't buy into them. And having worked in multiple video stores over the years, I got to meet a bunch of those people, some of them being more militant than you would expect them to be over a format that seemed pretty dead even by the time I started working in video. At one point, CEDs, as they started to die, became pretty cheap, and the video store I worked at decided to pick up a whole bunch of them and try to rent them. And they thought, well, even if we rent them a couple of times, they were so cheap to buy, we'll make a profit on them. This turned out to be pretty true because we had several people in my town who had bought CED players. The thing is, the more you use them, the worse they get. And so over time, they would age out. And we didn't know when that was going to happen because we didn't have a CED player in the store to even test them. And so what would happen eventually is the diehards would get their CEDs, bring them home, and then bring them back like an hour or two later having tried to watch them. And they were getting major skips or problems with the discs and then they would trade it for another one. This happened over the course of multiple years. And I remember toward the end, it was pretty much just one guy who would still come in and try to rent these CEDs, even though we were not getting in any new ones. He would always go over and select a CED. And he was the one who was sort of our quality control. Renting movies, I am pretty sure he had seen multiple times. And he would come back in and rent them again a couple of months later. And then he would tell us this one's not good or this one's not working right. Eventually, we had so few CEDs that the owner of the video store decided to just sell them all, and I think sold them for a buck each, maybe even less. But I remember the guy came in and was complaining that we weren't going to carry the CEDs anymore. And I remember my boss, who didn't own the store, he was just sort of the manager, senior guy, telling him, you should just buy them all. It's maybe 40 discs. You could own all of these CEDs. But this guy was so focused on the maintenance of the technology, the fact that CEDs were dying and that he had a CED player at home, he wouldn't hear of it. I'm pretty sure at this point he already had a VHS player, so I'm not sure what his deal was. Maybe just sad that he had made the investment and all the time, maybe he had bragged about it or told all his friends about it and it didn't work out. Whatever the case, he's always stuck out in my mind as one of these people who chose the wrong tech, who bought into it heavily and was sort of distraught when it went away. 
On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about this technology that he was such a big fan of, the CED, the Capacitance Electronic Disc. Try saying that three times fast. We'll talk about the technology that led up to the commercially available CED. We'll talk about the company that made it, RCA. We'll talk about Select Division, which was the brand they used. We'll talk about the technology itself, how it works, its rise, its quick fall, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. you're going to watch a recorded video, you have multiple choices, especially now you can do it digitally. But when you're looking at physical media, there are just different formats that have been floating around for a long time, mostly around tapes and discs. There have been some others, but we seem to really jump around tapes and discs a lot, maybe because we're comfortable with them, or maybe they're just the best idea. I'm not sure. But the idea of putting video on a disc has been around for a long time, starting way back, maybe even before the 20s, but certainly in the 1920s with phonovision, which was a method for recording television on gramophone records. And it was developed in the 20s by Scottish television pioneer John Logie Baird. It was a real big swing to try to do this because not only did they just want to record video, but wanted to develop a device to play it back, which would have been called a phonovisor. But this was so early in technology. It's amazing that somebody would be coming up with this so early. It's really the grandparent of all the systems that would follow. Next up would be a video format that was released in the 70s, also in Europe, which was the TED, or Television Electronic Disc. It was released in 1975 by Telefunken and Teldec. It was first announced in 1970, and already in the United States, this technology was being worked on by RCA at this point, but this would beat them to market by many years. It was developed by a team from two companies, AEG Telefunken and Teldec. And the technology itself, the physical media, is similar to what would eventually become Selectivision, or the CED. Program information is stored in the form of ridges on a flexible disc, which is read with a stylus. So not a laser like you would see with a laser disc player. This is very much like a record player, although a bit more advanced. The TD-1005 was released in 1975. It was really interesting technology, but there was lots of other technologies that seemed more promising at the time, notably tape, which would ultimately win this war. And so the TED, and you can find demonstrations of it online to see how it worked, never really caught on. Probably the biggest problem, and this becomes a problem with all of these type of discs, is the length. And 
the TED, which might have been good for things like music videos, if music videos had been popular at that point, could really only play something like 10 minutes of video. And even if they were to extend that longer, tape was on its way. And with tape, you could see a lot longer programming on one tape. And so the television electronic disc went the way of the dinosaur. Companies learned a lot of lessons from what happened with the TED. Companies in Japan, especially, were not really prioritizing building disc systems, but instead were focused on videotape systems. The same was true in the United States, but RCA had been researching how to store video on something like a phonograph disc starting back in 1964. The working name at the time for this bit of tech would be disc pics, meaning putting pictures on a disc. Progress on it was slow, but in 1972, they were able to kind of match what the TED was capable of with 10 minutes of color video on a disc that is played by a stylus. And we'll talk a little bit more about how they work a little later. That first 10 minutes of video that they had recorded was a portion of the Get Smart episode, A Tale of Two Tales. So if you ever want to check out what was the first CED, there you go. While the idea of the CED is very similar to how a record player works, you'd have a stylus and a disc, they actually work differently. With the CED, the video signal is stored on a disc by varying the depths of the groove to correspond to a FM modulated video signal, similar to what you'd get from broadcast television. A stylus sits in the groove with a metal electrode attached to it, and the amount of charge necessary to pass through the disc to the electrode or the capacitance is measured. And based on that information, a signal is created and played back on a TV. That's overly simple, but it gives you an idea of how this is going to work. The discs themselves are vinyl, and they're 11.8 inches in diameter, and they have a spiral groove on both sides. It is a tiny, tiny groove. If you were to stretch it out, it could be over 10 miles long. I've seen the needle itself described as keel-shaped meaning like the bottom of a boat. Just like with a record, it does move from the outside to the inside as it's read. As it moves around, it reads the disc looking for pits and higher areas and then translating that into an FM signal, which is decoded into audio and video by the player itself. If you can, you should really look online. There are photos and videos of really close-up shots taken with a very powerful microscopes to actually see this in action. That's how close you have to get. You can't look at this with a magnifying glass and see real detail. It really helps to get in there with something like an electron microscope. As you might guess, because of how small everything is, these things had to be very sensitive. And so a lot of things could go wrong while playing a disc, bumping them, anything that's wrong with the arm for the stylus, all of it can cause your player to not work properly. Discs themselves they had to be put in a case, a caddy for your disc. And as you might guess, there are reasons for that. These things were sensitive. But before we learn a little bit about the caddy, let's listen to some of the advertising from the time for the CED. You've read about it, you've heard about it. But until now, you've never had a better chance to own it. It's the RCA Video Disc Player. The remarkable machine that plays records of movies, concerts, and more on your TV. And to help you be one of the first to own one, RCA is offering a $50 introductory bonus. Buy one now and you'll get $50 direct from RCA. What's more, a special 10-day money-back offer is available at selected RCA dealers. But hurry, you may never have a better chance. 
Now, if you've ever owned a record that's gotten dirty, you will know it will make lots of noise, popping and hissing. This was a big problem with CED, but more so. Any little problem could cause an issue while playing a CED, and they were not forgiving when it came to dust. Something that was a dusty CED will skip and be unwatchable. Now, you could say, well, we'll give it to the people and they should just make sure that they're clean. Let's give them the proper stuff they need to clean the discs. They just couldn't figure out a way to make that viable with this technology. If you let it sit out there and any specks of dust harden into the grooves, into the pits that were being read, the disc would just skip permanently. And if you got any other problems, let's say sticky fingers from children, things could get a lot worse for your disc. Their solution was to put it in a caddy, a plastic caddy. You might have seen these in stores. They looked like sleeves, but they were hard plastic. And you would load and unload your discs never handling them physically, just handling the caddy. You would take the caddy, slide it into the player, you'd hear a noise, you'd pull it out, you'd hear another noise, and then the disc would play. And then about halfway through the movie, because even at their best, these things could not hold a lot of information, you would get back up, you would put the caddy in, you'd pull it out, you'd turn it over and put it back in, and then watch the second part. The caddies themselves were very simple, just hard plastic, usually quite colorful with nice art on it, and the disc would be inside. I've seen videos of people who've removed the discs, usually discs that are already in bad condition, and there's a thin layer of lubricant on the outside. This would help with the playing, help things move along, also help keep them dust-free. So if you handle them now and you see them, you'll see them covered in fingerprints almost instantly because of the silicon lubricant that's on it. They would try to flip the script on these caddies, not being a real pain, but instead being protective, meaning, hey, you have this really nice media. You don't want your children ruining it. Originally, RCA executives wanted the discs themselves to be sold just like records, to go into record stores, and this was the closest they could get to that. As you might guess, if you've ever been around kids with physical media, boy, do they like to play with physical media. I remember when VHS first came out and I was young and was at a friend's house, we would take turns being the person who put the VHS tape in. And when Laserdisc came out, boy, was that really the treat. You had to learn how to handle them. So in some ways, this was a very clever way to package the CED and make it a decent selling point. One of the weird things that could happen, and we had this all the time happen when we were renting these things, is that you could, say, put side one in to watch it, and then flip it and watch side two, and then take it again and put the CD case in to retrieve it, and then put side one on side two and vice versa, basically mislabeling the placement. And then someone would come in to rent the CED. This would happen all the time. They would take it home, and then they would come in two hours later and say, hey, this one starts right in the middle. And then we would tell them, oh, remember, this is how this technology works. And they'd be, oh, yeah, I forgot. And then they would go home and watch it again. Unfortunately, because of all of these details, all of this physical touching and moving around, these things have a shelf life much shorter than other media. You have the stylus, you have the constant movement of the device in and out. So CEDs, which used to be quite plentiful, there's a lot less of them nowadays, and each play slowly kills the disc. And so every time you get to watch something on CED, really appreciate it because 
it's slowly dying. I want to talk a little bit about the company that would make the CED, and that's RCA. Mostly because I just love the idea of RCA. It's one of these old companies. It's been gone since 86, but it started years ago, back in 1919, as the Radio Corporation of America. It was initially a patent trust, meaning a place you put all the patents for, I guess, radio. And it was owned by AT&T, Westinghouse, General Electric, and then United Fruit Company. One of these things is not like the other one. It would become an independent company in 32 as part of an antitrust settlement with the companies that owned it. It was an innovative company for decades based in New York City at Rockefeller Center. That would originally be called the RCA building. You could tell the age of people when I was growing up if they referred to Rockefeller Center as the RCA building, or if they referred to it as the General Electric building. My grandmother and mother referred to it as the RCA building. They would do all sorts of really interesting things, from radio to telegraph to satellites. Eventually, they were bought by General Electric, so things come full circle, and the company was dissolved over the course of two years. Patents redistributed, things relabeled. Unfortunately for RCA, they took a bet on technology that wasn't working, and then just kept trying, just believing in this technology and not really understanding what the consumer wanted. It's these losses that are cited as a major reason that they would be acquired by General Electric in 86 and dissolved. But outside of that, they did create a lot of really cool things and should be remembered. RCA Video Disc asks, which is your favorite? Chances are you could see your favorite movie, concert, and more on an RCA video disc player tonight. Already there are over 500 great shows available, all with an incredible picture, some in stereo. And best of all, if you buy a player now, your RCA dealer will give you two of your RCA favorites free. That's right, two free. But hurry. The first video disc player was released in 1981. That was 17 years after RCA had originally started to research the idea and years after the TED, and even more importantly, years after Laserdisc had been released. They were supposed to originally release the CED in 77. At that point, there was no competition, well, virtually no competition from things like tape, but the technology hadn't grown fast enough. The discs were only able to hold about 30 minutes at that point. So if they couldn't figure out a way to put more information on the disc, they had to delay it, and it took four years. By that point, VHS, Betamax, and video disc players had already hit the market. Videotape players also had the advantage of having been out for a long time, so the price of them kept going down. So by the time the CD player was released, they might have been cheaper than VCRs, but not for long. And if you really wanted a VCR, you could buy a used one cheaper than you could a CED. But a big issue was what was being released for them. Video rental stores started to proliferate, and while some of them did carry CEDs, they would charge the same price to rent them, and the VHS was just much easier. So even if they charged less for a CED movie, most people were still renting most things, so it didn't really matter to them. The convenience of the VHS was worth paying a little bit more for than the CED. There just really wasn't a benefit. When RCA decided to release the CED, they released it as the Select Division, which is a label they had used on other technology at the time. But it wasn't the only technology they had tried to apply this to. They had actually flirted with putting it on a technology called holotape, 
They would also apply it to a magnetic tape system and then eventually the CED. Hollow tape was a tape format that used lasers to read the tape. The details of it are more complicated than I want to get into, but boy do I love the term hollow tape. I don't think it works as a good name for what it was because I would expect it to show a hologram, not read a hologram to show video, but I do love the term hollow tape because it makes me think I'm going to see a hollow tape broadcast back in the 60s, which would have been amazing. Four companies would eventually come to manufacture CED players, RCA, Sanyo, Toshiba, and Hitachi. While they were just the manufacturers, eventually other companies would market those same players under their names as well. So you might see them labeled with something else. There were 50 titles upon launch. This included a partnership with Columbia Pictures, Paramount, and Disney. That would expand, eventually including MGM, MCA, and Vestron. Most of them would stay in the game up until 1986 when disc manufacturing ended. RCA Stereo Video Disc wants you to see the music. One of the things you would find when you worked at a video store was that a lot of people like to just watch the same scenes over again and a nice advantage that you had with VHS over CED is the ability to easily rewind and see where things are. I mean, it was good that you didn't need to rewind at the end and you could dodge the rewind fees, which I always thought were kind of stupid, but being able to rewind was also an advantage if you wanted to watch the same scene over and over again, like a lot of people seem to do when they wanted to ruin our copy of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. While CEDs did not look like they were going to catch on, RCA just really believed in it. They started to discount the devices and give away free discs and make them really cheap. They even did this big push with music. And that's because models started to get better. They started to put remote controls, stereo sound. Unfortunately, they couldn't record. You also couldn't freeze frame like you could with laser discs. RCA wanted to have CEDs in 50% of American homes by 1984. That wasn't going to happen. And around 1985, they announced that they were going to discontinue production of new players. At this point, prices on CEDs dropped dramatically and people started buying them up. I imagine the fellow who came into our video store had bought up a bunch of them at that point. And so in 86, the last titles that were released on CED were The Jewel of the Nile and Memories of a Video Disc, which was a commemorative CED given to RCA employees involved with the CED project. There's a lot you could learn from the CED. It was pretty easy to use. It had higher quality than VHS in some regards, but it could have problems like VHS. They released plenty of titles, so that wasn't a huge issue. But two other formats had come out at the same time. Laserdisc, which had a higher quality, and VHS, which, while the quality was lower, you could record on VHS. It was one of these technologies that was too little, too late. Great idea, might have caught on if it had been just a little earlier. It's just a lot of what-ifs. Is 
basically a curiosity at this point. One of those things that just really confuses people who find them in secondhand stores thinking they're laser discs and then quickly spin out when they look them up online, realizing there was this whole other technology that they weren't aware existed. It's amazing to think that with a stylus you could play video, but this wasn't the first time it worked and it wouldn't be the last time. Other tech would try to do the same thing. Eventually though, lasers and digital would replace analog and this sort of technology just wouldn't have a place in the future. And so now all we can do is look back, preserve what we have, and appreciate the quirkiness of a novel technology that just couldn't find a home. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at retroist.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you like what you hear, you should follow Peachy on Twitter and Twitch. He's at PeachyPixel8. That's the word Peachy, the word Pixel, and the number 8. The art you see on the show was provided by Christopher Tupa. If you like his art, you should drop by his website at ctupa.com. That's c-t-u-p-a dot Thanks to everyone who's been supporting the show. You can support the show easily by giving it a five-star review wherever you downloaded it. You could also drop by patreon.com slash retroist and support the show via Patreon. Patrons get access to the Retroist Discord, bonus tracks, bonus episodes, bonus scans. It's a lot of fun and I appreciate everyone's support. Thanks for listening to the show and I hope you have a great weekend. figure out where to put that dummy future dummy this has been a retrospective production goodbye